Hey, what's up, everybody? Doing a cold open for the Trey Alexander interview. This interview is, is my favorite of all the interviews I've ever done. Uh, we went to places I was not expecting. Um, usually, as an interviewer, you, you, you asked, and I don't, and by the way, let's get this out of the way. I'm no uh, Dan Rather here. <laughs> I'm no Brian Gumble. I'm nowhere near as talented, not even talented. Let's just leave it there. There. Um, but when you interview people, sometimes you ask them a question that they you think is going to get like a lengthy response and they give you nothing. Um, this one was the stars aligning. Um, and I, I enjoyed the hell out of this interview. Uh, just as a warning, disclaimer, we talk about suicide. We talk about religion. We talk about music. This is, this is beyond music though, but I really enjoyed it. I think some people need to hear this interview. I think a lot of people can hear this interview. I enjoyed it so much. It really is my favorite interview I've ever done. Um, Trey Alexander, he's on track number eight of the Civilized Savage soundtrack on a track called Breathe. We get into that. We get into his background. Um, so just give it a chance. Like don't don't hear don't hear this disclaimer and think it's uh, all politics and. And CBS, and CBS, listen to me. Well, CBS does do news or Fox News or whatever. It's it's more of an enlightening thing, but it's definitely more of a, a light in the dark. So, uh, here's a show. I wonder what inspires trust, the consequences to our raging lust. God's grace and mercy over us, but can we just? I wonder what inspires trust The consequences to our raging lust God's grace and mercy over us But can we just Go I'm asking please Now's the time If we're to leave Take my hand What's up, everybody? Welcome to I See Things a Little Differently. I am the Slow Chemical, and today my guest, as I told you guys I was going to try to bring on as many people as possible that helped contribute to the Civilized Savage soundtrack. Today is Trey Alexander. He uh, contributed a song called Breathe. He actually uh, submitted two tracks, and I remember when I was listening to them, I was trying to just understand them. And breathe kind of, it didn't take me long to observe, uh, um, not observe, but to take in everything that breathe uh, was saying to me. And I was like, I told um, my manager, Jess, that I said, I think this is the, the track. And I just was super impressed with it. And I liked it. And obviously I put it on there, but we had him on his day. How are you doing today, man? Hey, man, good. How are you? I am fantastic. Um, first of all, Let's get to know a little bit about you. How long have you been doing music? Is it your own? Is it like your only outlet? Do you have other talents? Because like, this is a rock and roll song that you submitted. So I was at that's, and then the other song you submitted was a strictly like a. It felt like it's like a rap record, but like it was super uh, dive. Both records you did submitted was were super diverse. Like, like is, what exactly is your passion? Is it rap? Is it rock? Is it both? Yeah, man. You know what's. Actually, typically, neither of those are usually my vibe. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter. been a singer-songwriter for a long time. Got into music when I was little. In fact, I was in choir at the church when I was like five years old, five, six years old. So, you know, um, always grew up singing. 
uh, connected with some Atlanta celebrities and started doing some songwriting and stuff like that. I just, it's always been a passion. So if I had to rate myself between singing and songwriting, I'm going to give, I'm going to say, you know, a hot 10 on the songwriting. So when it comes to the diversity of the tracks, every track to me has like a vibe to it. It's got a spirit, you know, and it's just a matter of the songwriter figuring out like, what is the soul behind this track saying? Mm. And so, yeah, um, absolutely, man. I, I, I don't have a preference in music style, to be honest with you. Okay. That's, that's fair. Um, it's actually interesting you say that each track has a soul to it because that's I was I was having a private conversation with another artist and I, I, we were saying this, similar things to that. We were saying how if you attack each track the same, you're gonna probably get the same things out of it. But yeah. if you if you actually try to listen to it and, and hear the difference, or sometimes even like, like with me for example. I don't necessarily do a beat first. I might have a chorus first. I might have a verse first, and then I might do a beat or whatever. But I, I usually try to let whatever the words that come out of my uh, out of my head. I, I try to let that talk to me. So it's interesting you say that. Um, so you said you were in a church choir. You independent with some celebrities. It's funny you bring up you were ghostwriting or, or you were, you've been writing. I'm assuming ghostwriting. Um, so what got you? What made you feel comfortable doing ghostwriting? Um, you know, when I first started connecting with celebrities, I connected with Yin Yang Twins and, um, just their vibe, you know, the angle that they were trying to go around the time whisper was really hot and stuff like that. It was just like, you know, I can bring some different flair to you. Mm. Um, I knew I could write and I was like, you know, the thing is as an artist, when you're coming into something, if you look at celebrities like, oh my God, I, I'm starstruck. You're so much better than me. Mm. You're never going to be where they are. Mm. So I came in thinking I was already where they are. And I was like, all right, so, you know, what is, how can I serve you? What is it that you guys feel you're missing that I can offer you, you know? And mm. I, I would showcase certain things that I did and just kind of see what their response was. And as I got more positive feedback, I was like, okay, I really do have something. It's not just me thinking, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the next thing. I'm the next rapper because in Atlanta, a lot of that, you, everybody's a good rapper down there. Right. But, you know, but it was like, once I get feedback from people who have actually figured out how to make it in this business model, then I know I really have something. That's really dope. You said, I was just telling someone, they asked me to do some artwork for them. And I, and I was telling this to, I tell us, I, I, I'm super honest about this. And Jay tell me, tells me I shouldn't, but I don't like producing for people. I don't like um, doing art for people because most times people can't answer the question you ask them. Like how you just said, you asked, how can I serve you, right? Most people can't answer that question. To me, that's the biggest frustration I have with doing artwork for anybody, producing for anybody. But I always loved writing for people because I can sit down with someone for an hour or two, maybe never that long, but let's just say an hour or two. And like, for me, I could get their vibe. I can get what they what they would say differently than what I would say on a record. I always love ghostwriting for people, um, but I just did not like producing because to me, people, and you're, and you're a producer, so I think you can relate to this. A lot of times when I'm producing a track, I'm just messing with stuff sometimes. Sometimes I don't have a vision. I'm just like playing with different drum loops or whatever. But some people say, well, I want this kind of drum loop or I want that kind of drum loop that was in that Biggie record. It's like, that's <laughs> that's not how that works, <laughs> you know? And some people don't understand that. So it's, it's very interesting to, to hear to hear that you say that. Like, you're very, I'm already digging this interview like 10, 10 seconds in, so. <laughs> um, Man, you know, and the thing is, you know, what I really like is all the lessons that I learned, you can always pay those lessons forward. Like, I may not 
you know, invest in everybody financially, you know, but one thing I can tell you that really helped me when you're talking about understanding and finding your lane in this industry, because it's a big beast. Like you said, you could be a producer, songwriter, singer, musician, artist, you know, there's just so many lanes that you could be in. Um, I remember I had an A&R when I was really getting serious about it. He said, the best piece of advice I give you is always be prepared. Have something on you that showcases what you can do mm. because celebrities don't hide. They don't hide. Um, especially in, in markets like Atlanta, Miami, they don't hide. As long as you know how to find them and where they are, that's where they are. And so he said, when you encounter them, a lot of times what will happen is if you want an opportunity, say you said, I don't like producing for people, but I, I'm a songwriter. If you encounter them and you're not ready to supply them with something song written, something that you can showcase that side of you, you might have just missed your chance. And so he said to me, when you come across them, ask them, how can I work with you? What do I got to do to work with you? And I tried it. The first time I actually tried it on somebody, Juvenile came in where I was working. And Juvie came in, and I was like, hold on, let me cash him out. And with the cash amount, I just asked him, just like they told me, hey, how can I work with you? And his, he said to me, what you got? Had I not had something right then to give him, that was it. It's not like I'm getting his number. Right, like, right, right. You know what I mean? And so I love what you're saying about, you know, I can serve you where I can serve you where I want to serve you. Mm. That, man, let me tell you something. So many people don't understand that and also so many people it's i'm gonna use this example i'm not gonna say any names but there's a ton of people that hit me up for artwork a lot of times and even though i say i don't like doing it I, I at least entertain it because as you just said that chance could be something that blows you up right? Right, right, right and so i at least ask hey what are you looking for the two things that turn me off trey are one when someone says i don't know give me something superhero there's so many <laughs> there's so many superheroes that doesn't mean anything. And the second thing that turns me off is when I say I don't ask I don't ask people what their budget is because at, at the end of the day, a lot of right. I'm like, what can you pay? Yeah, yeah. I just ask that because I feel like that's a better and fair question. And they always say to me, "Well, I don't have much money." That's not an answer. Actually, mm -hmm. a direct question. And, I, and it's funny, I'm, I'm actually going to take what you just said right there for my for my own personal list because for me, that's key of if you don't have it in that moment, you just missed your chance. You really could have just missed your chance. And the fact that you, the fact that you were at work and you saw a juvie there and you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use these teachings. So many people don't do that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, they look at you like, if I didn't have a, and this was back in the day, man, so you know I'm about to tell him myself, but I had a CD, so I gave him a CD. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and so when I gave it to him, I said, you're going to come right back. And he did, man. They left. They popped it in the car on the way to a session. And he sent his boys back to get my number. And I was like, man, just like that. That's crazy. Everybody couldn't believe it. And the thing is, when you are serious about a craft and you have a passion for it, right? Your passion is going to showcase your talent regardless. But when you're serious about it, you're going to understand the business side of it. Like, how can I connect, get this out here? I have something I believe people need to hear or see or whatever. How can I connect with people and, and them take me seriously? You've crossed paths with people who are already established and you don't have anything to give. Look at you like you didn't invest in yourself. Mm. So don't expect me to invest in you either. Mm. That this is some really deep stuff. I wasn't even, honestly, I just said 10 things before we went to air. Let's keep it lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know it. My bad. 
bad. Bro. No, no. Okay. No. My, my, my superheroes, Iron Man, <laughs> Deadpool, that's it. Nice. <laughs> nah, no, no. Trust me. Trust me. This is, this is what a lot of times I want to talk to people about. And it's so frustrating for me. Um, and something that I struggle with personally, since we're, since we're having this conversation, let's just, let's just have it. So it's something I struggle with personally is creating with other people. When I first started doing my own thing, I, I used to love collaboration. I've grown to hate it because people do not have this mentality. People, whether it's fear, whether it's just them being in there, I don't know. But I know for a fact, so many people I can't have this kind of conversation with because they're afraid to have it. They're afraid. I have no problem with saying my flaws. I remember one time, real quick, and I will get back to you. I remember one time, because um, I do comic books as well, as you know, I <laughs> was going to a show and I didn't bring any comic books. And I was, yeah. in, I was in my head that day. But I was only in my head that day because I allowed someone's opinion to get into my head. And I remember going out there and got went out there and there was a celebrity there. Uh, and he he asked me that question, what do you have? I said, it's at home. And he said to me, let me let me dim my eyes. He grabbed, he took one hand on and put it on my shoulder. And he said, I'm not trying to disrespect you because I've been in your position. But homie, you just slipped up. And I said, yeah. fair enough. And I remember I got back home. My brother who was like, yeah, I went to your room. Seeing that you had your, your stuff here. Like, what are you doing? I was like, everything he gave me that night, I just took it because I said, you know what? I allowed someone else to dictate what I wanted to do. I ne- Since that day, which was about four years ago, I've never been caught slipping since. Uh, if you ask me what I got, oh, I got this in my car. There's been plenty of times where I'm at, I'm at a bowling event with people and people say, oh, what's that What's that shirt you got on? I'm like, oh, this is my comic book. You got any of them? Yeah, I got them in the car. You got some money? Yep. Yeah, I got Venmo. You know? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm appreciating this conversation, but I do, I do want to get to you because breathe. Breathe on the surface can be a simple concept for some people, right? Yeah, but yeah. I've the thing I liked about it the most, the thing that caught my attention on the first listen was the bridge. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I remember saying that to myself, I said, okay, all right. There's something that I remember Jay was messaging me as I was listening. And I was like, there's something here. He was like, you think so? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to listen to it a few more times. But what inspired you to even write that? Was it a relationship? Was it just you being on the, in that vibe for that day? Yeah, man, there, there's two parts to that. Um, and, and I'm not going to hide this. I have a challenge in music, you know. Uh, when I was in music, pre, pre, uh, pre-ordination, pre it was all about me. So I could write whatever and never felt any guilt about it. Now, uh, I'm actually ordained. And so even though I still write secular music for a purpose, the, the, the challenge is tying in real, raw uh, relationships and life events with the fact that, you know, I have a higher sense of believing I know who God is and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the the track itself, a lot of the verses were about relationships. I mean, the whole thing was about relationships. Me and one of my exes, my homeboy and one of his girlfriends at the time. Uh, you know, so there was just some inspiration coming through the challenges. But the deeper side of it was like, I got this revelation that it's not just about relationships. You know, what I, what I really felt moved in my spirit was to say, 
it's the things that we get attached to that we don't know for sure are for us or against us. And we put ourselves through this roller coaster cycle of like hot, cold, hot, cold. You know, it could be, shoot, it could be anything, man. You could be living somewhere where you're like, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here, but I'm comfortable or I have these attachments or I have these things or whatever. But you really feel drawn to be somewhere else. Well, you don't know what's waiting for you in that somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But because you have a comfort and a fear, you're going to stay somewhere where you have a doubt that you should be. And so this is the song was like breathing on, hey, maybe you need a break. Maybe you need clarity, but you need to figure out what it is that you want because your double mindedness is, is rocking me. Hmm. You know, hmm. you're rocking me right now. I know what I want. I'm sure of what I want. And if that's not you, then just fall away. Hmm. That's that's dope. That's really dope. And so with pe I'm sure people are going to ask me. How does that equate to this comic book? Honestly, every track I tried to put on there was a little piece of what I felt I was trying to get through in my writing in this in this book. It's a mystery comic, and essentially what I was trying to get through was how self-doubt can get, get into our heads when we're not getting what I want. Essentially, the detective, Detective Womack, has been searching this person for a while. He doesn't know if it's a man or a woman. Essentially, what you just said kind of, kind of is a, is a dope way of putting it. Where he's breathing on the situation, but he's breathing too heavy. At this point, he doesn't know what yeah. he wants. You know, that's actually really interesting. It's really dope you say that. So, when you wrote this record, when you produced this record, like, because I'm always interested in hearing about other artists and their process. Like, I know some artists they need a blunt, they need weed. I mean, they need liquor, they need women. <laughs> I know some artists just need quiet. Like myself, for example, I I noticed that I don't like rap. Uh, I don't like being in a studio full of people that are contributing nothing to the music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's just me. Like I remember, I used to have a gang of people in the studio, and people would just be like, "Oh, that was kind of tight, man. If you did this," and but no one was actually contributing to it. You had some people sleep, some people on the phone. Yeah, yeah. What is your process? Um, so for me, um, it depends. Like if I already have the track, there is one producer and a uh, shout out to Sean V. If he, if he ends up listening, um, he was with Maybach and he's kind of doing some projects with Luda now. Me and him vibe like how Justin Timberlake and, uh, and Timberland vibe. You know, when he sends me track, like he kind of knows my artist style now. And so he'll send me something. It's just like, when I catch it, it's immediate. I'm like, I can feel that spirit, bro. Um, but when it's something like this, this was totally from scratch. Mm. It was like, I, I was hearing this tune or this tone and I kept kind of humming it and I'll record that stuff in my phone. People say Michael Jackson used to do stuff like that, bro. I, I dream in music sometimes. Like I can hear sounds and songs in, in my dreams sometimes and I wake up and like reach over for my phone and have to, you know, hit that record button and just get the, get the tunes and the tones and the layouts going. And so I took it to my, my boy, Thursky in Atlanta and I said, Hey man, you know, I don't typically do rock, but I'm really hearing this this sound, and I, I suggested maybe I can I can shop it to Imagine Dragons because it's got that kind of vibe to it to me. And he was like, when we when we laid the track down and recorded, he said, "No, nah, man, this is this I like your tone, the way that you delivered it, the rasp." He was like, "Keep it, keep it yourself." So my process is is yeah, I don't need a bunch of people around me. Um, I prefer to keep it as simple as possible, but if you're invited in, it's because you're giving me some kind of energy that 
you know, I feel is necessary to be in that moment, in that space with us recording. Dope. So if you don't mind, I'm interested to know what made you decide to become ordained? What made you decide to take that route? Was it a situation where you were just living your life and you felt... I had a cousin, I have a cousin, when he was living with us at the time, this is many, many years ago, he always said a quote I'll never forget. He, at the time, had just had a kid, um, we're all from Louisiana, but he had moved to Maryland and he was still making it a permanent move because him and the baby mama wasn't getting along. And one day, before he decided to go back to Louisiana, he said, uh, Ryan... It's my government name. He was like, uh, he was like, um, I feel like I'm living without a soul, so wow. I should probably go back and see what what I'm missing. He knew Louisiana wasn't for him. He knew he was gonna do that but get back in trouble in Louisiana, but he didn't feel comfortable in Maryland, which yeah, yeah, yeah. which happens. So yeah. like he and he did he got into a lot of trouble. He actually just turned his life around maybe a couple years ago when he actually moved to Alaska and he loves Good it. Moment. Um, wow. But what made you have that moment of clarity? Because you say you grew up in the church. So you already had this background. Did you somehow, if you don't mind answering, but this is completely personal stuff, but did you happen to stray away and come back, or were you always there? Nah, man, I, I love that you're, and kudos to you for being bold in a time where, you know, um, people can be anything and, and, and anyone that they want to be, and if you're not okay with that, there's an offense you know so i appreciate your your courage and your boldness to talk about something that that can be offensive to some but you know for the majority of people who also understand there's something bigger than us you know they just understand yeah. uh, so respect man respect to you um yeah I, I i was in church very early my mom had me in church early my, my father actually was in church early as well he's he's ordained too um my adopted dad I, I ended up growing up with two sets of parents so my adopted dad also was ordained so it was kind of always around me that's not why i ended up getting into it because I, I never wanted that that was never my choice um but there was two there's two parts of me i'm very interested in life love business, love music, you know, the entrepreneur life, man, building things, building companies, getting involved with people, networking, you know, connecting. I love being out where people are and watching them do what they love doing. Money aside, forget all that. I like seeing people live on purpose. Hmm. And you can see that, you know, when they're doing something so passionately that they they forget to eat or sleep or did they get paid, you know, like sometimes they're just so into it. They're like, man, you know, you can see the love. I believe that's truly when people are really living. On the flip side of that, though, because I do have a relationship with God, I, I I knew him as a judge. I think churches, a lot of churches, not all of them, a lot of churches do a great job of portraying God as a judge, and they that before he's a judge, he's a father. And so I had to unlearn a lot of the things that I learned in church to learn him as, as a father. And the more I learned him as you know this father-son relationship that we have, the more I was like, man, people need to know about this. They need to know that he cares, that he cares about our affairs, our, our challenges, our struggles, our wins, our losses. You know, any good dad, any good parent. And I know some of us haven't had good parents, yeah. but, you know, he's he's the best, most perfect one. And he sent the perfect son. And, I, you know, for whatever reason, it's amazing to me that that name, Jesus, offends so many people. I don't hear people get offended about, you know, Buddha or Allah or any of that stuff. It's only this name. So that made me wonder why why is it this name and so just in my own research in my own personal relationship you know i just learned him to be true i learned him to be real and i learned him to really have this unconditional unwavering crazy love for me regardless of how wild i used to get 
And uh, yeah, man, I, it, it was something that was always spoken over me that, hey, man, you're going to pastor, you're going you're gonna to talk to a lot of people or whatever. But I'm not your typical pastor, man. You know, I, I will do pulpit preaching sometimes and, and I can, but I'm a marketplace minister. So I can reach people in music. I can reach people, you know, doing comic books. I can reach people building a car company, you know, because that's where people are. People just need to know they're loved by something bigger than them. What do you mean by marketplace minister? I never heard that term before. Yeah, I hadn't either until a buddy of mine who's been in the faith for a long time. He said, you don't realize you're a marketplace minister. So the marketplace is, is a term back in the day, especially in the Hebrew culture, Hebrew language. They talk about the marketplace. You would go down into like little cities and little villages and you go through the markets. And they would have little stands set up where you could buy your food, your meats, your produce, jewelry, you know, all these different things. But you're just like walking through this strip of little tents and tables where people are selling you things. And that's that's they literally had an outside market. So you can go there and buy stuff. And so that's that's what I look at when I say, you know, whether I'm working a job or I'm building a business, that's my market. That's a dope way of looking at it. Actually, I appreciate you being so open about it as far as and here's my thing, man. I, I don't usually ask personal questions and stuff like that. You, you did make a comment, but I feel for me personally, I always feel like no, I always know. There's always someone listening that could hear hear a positive message. There's always someone listening that needs to hear a positive message. I know at one point in time in my life, and I don't. I, this is the first time I've ever shared this on this on this uh, this platform before, but it'll be it was ten years ago, February twenty third. Um, I tried to commit suicide, and my and my aunt saved and my aunt saved my life. And I know how it is to feel alone. And I'm telling you right now, I remember my aunt, who's huge, has a huge faith, huge believer. She she raised me. She she always told me, I don't know where you got it from, but you have this gift to listen. People just trust you enough to listen. And she's right. I have I will have complete strangers telling me their personal business, and <laughs> without me ever saying anything to them, they just, there's just a comfort level there. So I feel like if people bring up stuff like that, I feel like I. I don't. I feel like I, I should ask because one, I'm curious, and two, like someone just needs to hear that because we're all going through something. I think sometimes it's easy in life to forget that hey, your brother, your sister will be hurting as well. You, you know what I'm saying? Come on, man, that's good stuff. And and suicide is something that's really big on my heart. I have lost a friend to that. Um, I don't know that he intentionally did it, but he he did overdose. Um, and he was depressed. You know, he was going through some things. And and I have another friend who's actually struggling with, you know, being suicidal uh, off and on. So it is a big deal to me. I myself also went through that, you know, unintentionally. But there were times that, yeah, I was just ready to check out. Um, I think for me personally, man, especially, you know, knowing that on a, on a uh, empathetic level, it, it's I think the people that take the biggest hits like that are the ones that are destined and can make the biggest impact. And the whole thing about energies and forces and angels and demons, however you want to call it, is that if they can see who you are before you know who you are and destroy that, you'll never make the impact, the imprint in this life that you're supposed to. Mm. You know, I tell people often that, uh, you know, you look at your fingerprints and your, your fingerprints, nobody else has your prints. And I truly believe that's because, you know, you have a master designer that puts something in you so strong, so purposeful that only you can leave the imprint in life that you're supposed to leave. I mean, think about that. Nobody has ever seen a you before in life. Right. And nobody will ever see another you in life again. Ever. I mean, that's 
that's amazing. I don't care how many times I say that or how many people I say that to. I mean, it just it befuddles me that people don't recognize their own value. It's, we are so invaluable, and we're so you know needed. The connections to each other is so needed. The reality is, God made us all unique, man. He put these different gifts in us and different purposes, and all. we all have some type of special purpose that was breathed in us to do. Some people's purposes are on a larger scale. And some are on a smaller, more intimate scale. And all of them are so important. All of them are so important. You, if you don't do it, it, it may not get done, right? And like you're saying, you never know who you're going to impact. So because suicide is such a big deal to me, man, I, always, I, I would say to anybody struggling with that or dealing with that, you are very well loved. You do have a purpose. I would much rather believe something and someone breathed purpose into me and gave me a reason to be here. And that when I leave here, I will go back having finished what I need to get done. And that, you know, I'm going to go back to the arms of love. They're going to be proud of me, you know, so have something to live for. Yeah, yeah, man. And I'm telling you right now, I used to I have a track on Civilized Savage called Sobriety. And I told this story already a few weeks ago on the show when I was talking about the songs I recorded. But I want to tell you because I, I was not expecting this kind of conversation, but... It's funny, I, I did a beat for a track called Levels. And I love the beat. I'm sitting there, I'm trying to write to it. I, I have a, I've had, I, I start writing this verse. I'm like, I'm not really feeling it. I go to sleep that night. It's funny you said how you have these thoughts in your sleep. I've told this story several times on this particular show. I've come up with choruses or verses or whatever in my sleep. I've had to wait. And yeah. sometimes I don't even wake up. I'm like, yeah, that's not, I got that from someone else. Then I wake up with again with that thing, that thing on my heart my, all right, I, I need to record this now i need to write this down so wake up one day and i have this course in my head um sobriety is cool but sobriety you feel now remember that course stayed in my head to where i couldn't even I, I couldn't write to levels i couldn't think i couldn't even listen to the beat so i finally went to my collaborator i said hey i need to do a beat to this this track and i need your help on it and so we came up with this beat to it. And he said, you sure you want to do a track like this? And he didn't understand it. And I said, yeah. I'm telling you right now, I, I literally have 48 bars. And I can't write wow. and get anything else out of my head but this. Wow. It's clear I need to get this out. And I remember when I, I, I wrote it, I, everything was done. We did the beat. I went to record it. And I remember I recorded Levels. Levels came out cool. I was like, all right. Then as I was recording Sobriety, the engineer I work with out here in Denver, he was like, Man, this is like, this hits hard. He's like, you sure you want to put this on the soundtrack? I said, honestly, it's on my it's on my heart for a reason. I don't know where it came from, but yeah. yes, I do want to put this on the soundtrack. This is going on the soundtrack, and one of the standout tracks on there, three the three tracks I've heard the most about have been "Mystery" from Eli, "Sobriety" from me, and "Breathe" from you. And wow. people have told me it's I breathe is so heavy, but it, it's something I needed to hear. So it's clear that wow. it was, I had to be told. But the point of me saying that was, uh, goes back to all of your points of the vibe, the spirit, and and, yeah. and and you are loved. And that was the point of sobriety is that I learned to love myself because, because I went through that situation where my aunt didn't even know I was trying to, she thought I was just choking in my sleep. She didn't know that until I, I, I felt comfortable enough telling her that maybe like a year later. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... It was me feeling alone. It was me feeling like, hey, you know, I, I got nothing here and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't struggle with those things. To this. I very much struggle with loneliness and all these other things. And that's when I 
I learned because, and I'll, I'll share this with you as well. Like I, what I started doing was I said, I need to look for just to get out of my comfort zone. So I started going to all these different meetings, meetings that I had no problems with, but it's clear I had a problem. I went to uh-huh. AA meetings, NA meetings, just all these different kind of meetings, just looking, just looking for a purpose. And I, I found a really good friend who has, who has actually become my prayer partner in the last 10 years. Um, uh-huh. And what I mean, it helped me out so much. I, I met a young lady there. We dated for a while and then we decided to be friends. But like I was I was able to become who I, I believe I'm becoming as a person as far as not running from stuff. I, I used to say, hey, I just want to I just want to make a I want to make a bunch of money and be left alone. That was always my thing. Now it's like, no, I actually want to leave a legacy. As you said, the, our, our fingerprints, no one has them. I yeah. want to leave my fingerprint and I want people to know that I'm leaving my fingerprint here, you yeah. know? So yeah, man, it's, that's just, that's just some powerful stuff. And I do hope anyone who's listening to this will understand that you can reach out to a number of people at the time. I had a number of people on my phone I could have reached out to. I just chose not to, right. you right. know, but you have, you always, I, I, I know it's for a fact. There's always one person you can reach out to no matter what team. Now I have such a strong circle. I can reach out to anybody in my circle at any time of day or night. They will not hesitate to answer the phone, not because of guilt, not because they think I'm just because they say, oh, if he's calling, he must need to talk. He must need he must right. need my ear. And I'm, turning, I'm and I'm the same way. So, I, I, dude, you have no clue how much I appreciate you being on here right now, because this is a very powerful conversation for me. I definitely feel like someone, a lot of people are going to take something from this. That's awesome, man. We we've had some like deep, dope music therapy like occurring right now. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it okay. really is. So, um, getting back to the music for a second, I want. What is your ultimate goal? Like, what what do you ultimately want to do or be or whatever? You know, when it comes to music, I just want to create. As simple as it sounds, I want to create. The challenge that I'm going to have, like I said, is I'm ordained and everybody thinks, you know, as soon as it happens, you're just supposed to be, you know, this squeak, squeaky clean, you know, pastor guy. And uh, you don't have any more, you know, knowledge or remembrance of the struggles you were in when you did when you did find God. You know, so it's like they almost want you to forget that you had a past or that you were stuck in things or, you know, whatever. And I always tell people, hey, man, you know, if, if that's your judgment of me or your expectation of me, then I'm I'm going to sorely disappoint you because. Uh, I'm going to tell my stories and I'm going to tell them in music and it's going to sound secular because, you know, the people that I'm trying to reach aren't coming to church on Sunday. Mm. So I'm trying to tell them, you know, in a way that they can vibe with and understand and, and be entertained by. I'm telling them my story through music and it's my story. You know, I can't change that it happened or the way that it happened or how it happened or, you know, the things that I was entangled in. But, you know, God has gifted me to be able to create in this lane of music and that's what I'm going to do with it. That's dope. I actually have a really good friend. Um, stage name is Raven. He's ordained. I believe he's ordained too now. He's out, he's in Dallas with his family, and um, he does music as well. And he said something to me like that a while ago, a long time ago, because he he said I I don't need to reach the people in church. I said I can reach them. I know that, but I need to reach the people that aren't in church. To I want them to know that they're loved, and I want to get them into the church. And yeah. that was always one of his goals. And um, we've collaborated several times on, on, on several tracks, but no, man, I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm really glad we had this conversation. Um, is there anything you want to plug, um, promote while, while you're on? Hey man, you know, just people can check out some of the old vibes. We are going to be replacing those soon because we're, um, 
we are recording and there's going to be new recordings. I don't take down my old music because that's just where I was in my life at that time. Right. But if they want to vibe out and check it out, man, they can go to soundcloud.com slash tagged, E-N-T. That's T-A-G-G-E-D-E-N-T. And they can check me out there. If you don't mind, can you text me when we are, when we get off air? Can you text me the link and uh to your to your stuff? That way, I'm gonna put I'm already gonna put your Instagram on the, in there, but uh, in the description, I'm gonna put all everything as well. So that way, if they if they want to make it easy on themselves, they can just click on it and they can go right to it. Yeah, man, for sure, I'll do that. All right, man. Um, uh, the last question I have um is, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh uh, man. Uh, married to the most beautiful woman I have met and, um, you know, us having a life where we have built businesses to create jobs for people who can eventually take these things over, you know, because they love it. Maybe they don't have the money to run it. And so we can be investment partners, you know, to help people achieve their dreams. I see myself doing that, man, being an investor that helps people achieve their dreams, you know, with a beautiful family that I get to go home to. Sounds like the real American dream. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your time, man. That is the show for this week. Um, man, I am, no, I am, thank you for coming on. It's like, it's funny because I was telling, before I go, before we go, I was telling, I was talking to Jay and um, I was like, I'm going to try to get everyone that had contributed on the podcast and I'm telling you right now, but you and Eli really intrigued me the most because I just I don't know. I think I just connected with your track, your your records the most, and I, speci- I specifically said your name first. I just only reason I reached out to Eli first is because he had already reached out to me about something else. So I was like, all right, I'll just get him to have him on the phone. But um, no, it's this has been a this is probably uh, and I'm not saying I just so you know I'm not saying this lightly. I've had a bunch of my favorite wrestlers on here, like people who I never thought would be on this show talking to me about BS. But this was probably my favorite interview just because we were able to have a conversation that, unfortunately for me, I can't have with too many people. And sometimes it's because of maturity levels. Sometimes it's because you you don't click with people. It's a number of reasons. But um, I'm super appreciative of you coming on and having this conversation with me. I mean, you got my number now, so now, you know, you got to direct connect when you want to vibe out on those kind of levels, man. We can always wait. <laughs> uh, and, you, and you have the same way, my brother. I appreciate it. That is the show, and this is Trey Alexander. I am The Slow Chemical, and we are out.